Would you pray with me, please? Oh, Lord, open our eyes that we may see you in our brothers and sisters. Lord, open our ears that we may hear the cries of the hungry, the cold, the frightened, the oppressed. Lord, open our hearts that we may love each other as you love us. And Lord, open our minds so that we may hear the word you have prepared for us this day. Renew us in your spirit, Lord. Free us and make us one. Amen. In a Charlie Brown cartoon, little brother Linus, looking very sad, asks his sister Lucy, why are you always so anxious to criticize me? And Lucy, looking very self-righteous, replies, well, I just think I have a knack for seeing other people's faults. And Linus turns indignant. Well, what about your own faults, he asks. Oh, well, I have a knack for overlooking them, says Lucy. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, those best at hurting and critiquing us are often those closest to us. And in today's story, Jesus is beset by critics, and the first in line are his own family members. We find ourselves back in Capernaum in a house, and Jesus has returned to his new hometown after sharing his ministry, and it's clear from the crowds now pressing in on him that his reputation has clearly grown. Much has happened since he left his first home, in Nazareth. The heavens have opened at his baptism. He survived a 40-day fast and testing period in the wilderness. He has driven out unclean spirits, healed the sick, eaten with sinners, chosen disciples, and declared himself Lord of the Sabbath. And the crowd, they have grown around him. They've been witnesses of these things, and they've begun to hope for change become excited by what they've seen and heard, and they probably are just genuinely excited to be with him, and also afraid that if they weren't, they just might miss something really grand. So they follow him into the house. No, they jam themselves into it so that the disciples and Jesus can't even eat. It presents an interesting scene. Because contrary what we might expect, the disciples and the crowd are inside of the house, while the family and the highly religious are outside of the house. So, outsiders in, insiders out. And his mother and his brothers, they arrive, hoping somehow to restrain him. For they've heard about what he's doing, and they're quite certain that he's out of his mind. The word here literally means outside of himself, beside himself. So they stand outside of this jam-packed house and they call to him. And then come the scribes from Jerusalem. And there they are there to see and hear for themselves what this new teacher is saying and doing. And they go on to say that Jesus is not just out of his mind, but that he is evil 
and a threat, a person possessed by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Now these were good people. They just wanted some continued sense of order in a very difficult time. Jesus' family, they wanted order and a sense of peace in their family, their home, their tribe. And the scribes, they wanted a continued sense of order and peace in their time-honored practice of religion. Isn't that what we all really want? I think his family and the scribes, they just wanted to keep things just like they were. No big changes. Don't upset the apple cart because we have learned how to do this. Now it may not be all that it can be, but it's what we know and we know that we can handle it. So what does Jesus do? Well, instead of carefully engaging the scribes in a debate, he asks them difficult riddles and ultimately warns them of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, an unforgivable sin. And instead of going out to his mother and his siblings, he stays inside and redefines the limits and expectations of family life. Can you just picture what this looked like? It's a good picture. Outside the house stand those we would like to think are the real insiders in the life of Jesus, his family, the religious people, the observant ones, the careful ones. You see, they think they know who God is and what the Holy Spirit looks like, and Jesus, well, he just doesn't quite match up. And inside of the house, closest to him, are the supposed outsiders, the rejects, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the sinners. And you know, I doubt that they are too taken in by traditional religious practices. They just want to be loved, to be healed, to be fed, to belong somewhere, to someone. And there in the middle of all of them sits Jesus saying, look around. These are my family. Jesus reorders tradition. The outside is in, the inside is out. The people who would seem to be the least likely to understand all of this are truly the ones who get it. And the ones that you would think would truly understand, the family, the churchy people, are the ones on the outside of things. Because you see, for Jesus, family's not about genealogies and who raised us. It's about the image in which we are created. Family's not about the town you come from or the house you grew up in, but whether the people there serve the same God. And you see, this gives us all a very, very large family, the family that we were baptized into. Because you see, it was at our child's baptism that we were reminded that our child is God's first and then ours. Now you and I, we may differ on definitions of family and what constitutes family values. But we all know that we can learn something from Jesus that we can just latch onto. 
And Jesus teaches us to put God first. And finally, you know, whatever the background of this story of Jesus' family's embarrassment over his ministry, I think it makes it even more thrilling to read in Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 14, that on the day that Christ ascended to be with God, and I quote, the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. It was a Sabbath day walk from the city. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. And those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. Now, please listen to this next verse. And they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Something had obviously happened in this family that had been torn with so much conflict that they tried to take Jesus home and put an end to his ministry. Something made them change their minds about his ministry. In fact, we go on to learn that these same brothers became quite important in the history of the early church. According to tradition, Jesus' brother James was the leader of the church in Jerusalem and the author of the book of James. He's sometimes referred to as James the Righteous to distinguish him from James the Apostle. And his brother Jude is credited with writing the book by the same name in the New Testament, though this is still a matter of some controversy. But what a wonderful turn of events. The same family members who had earlier thought that he was out of his mind had become part of a family of faith. you got to ask why. Because it happened. Jesus' amazing and quite unorthodox ministry, the problem with his family, his crucifixion by the religious leaders, and most important, his resurrection from the grave. It happened. The early Christian writers, they didn't try to get their story straight. This was not fake news. Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, is risen from the grave. And if you don't think that that's true, just ask any member of his family. To God be the glory. Amen.